Hi everyone and welcome to your horoscope for the week of November 29th, December the 5th, 2021. We have really active sky playing out all throughout the week and this is where the energies are definitely going to be super intense because we have so much packed into just one week where of course you might have guessed already that the big star of next week is the Sagittarius total solar eclipse. But there is so much going on besides the eclipse. It's almost like a background music, if you will, that will give a very colorful tone to the eclipse. And at the same time, because the majority of the celestial conversations besides the eclipse are actually quite harmonious, quite optimistic, quite positive, and some even actually grounding, this can come as a massive help for us to make the very, very best of what this eclipse offers. But of course, it's not going to be very easy because on one hand, the eclipse takes place on the 4th of December, so towards the very end of the week. And that means that we're still in the period between the two eclipses. The heaviness and the strong scorpionic energies of the past a lunar eclipse in Taurus still lingers in the air and even it lingers deep within us. It shook most of us up so very badly that we're still in a state of daze, if that makes sense. But as we start the week and start progressing towards the solar eclipse, things are going to be much more lighter and lighter, more dynamic. But at the same time, even the lightness leads to a totally different kind of intensity where it kind of builds up to a strong sense of hope, optimism and that elevated, elated almost feeling, emotional state is definitely going to be in contrast with the Saturn and Uranus square and I spoke about this aspect so very many times and I still have to because it's that powerful, that important, that significant. And this celestial conversation is going to get exact for the third and final time around the 24th, 25th of December. But it will stay with us even after on and off in the year 2022. But that kind of expression is a little bit different because it is when the conversation becomes exact, when it's the heaviest, the more significant, more impactful, and let's just say more determined to have a strong manifestation both in our lives individually and of course on the world stage collectively. But this is of course a totally different chapter. And I'm going to be speaking about this later on in December as we get closer to the perfection of this celestial conversation. Yet another extremely influential energy that can truly go both ways is Neptune standing still in the sky and preparing to go direct a day after the eclipse. On one hand, it's still in the third deacon of Pisces, which is a scorpionic deacon, so it's highly transformative from a psychological and spiritual perspective and the energy of transformation is not an easy energy regardless of how it plays out. 
When Neptune is extremely strong, it is like a deluge, it floods us over. And in the present moment context, some of that flood is going to be strong psychological manipulative energy of whatever is going on on the world stage out there. The communication, truth, have truth, fears, speculations, conspiracies, all of this is going to get extremely heavy. So if we are wise, we will stay as detached as possible. Because if it's that expression of Neptune that floods us over, we're going to be in trouble because that doesn't really mix well with the Sagittarian energies. Where right now it's Sagittarius that is strongly activated in the sky. Sagittarius is basically our worldview, our perceptions, our higher thinking. And, and, and if that has fears and manipulations and a certain kind of fanaticism in it, nothing good can result from that. And at the same time, the third deacon of Pisces is notoriously called the undoing of the self. So if there is a time when we have to do everything in our power to at least stay away from fear and the manipulations and all of the this heavy mix of information that is basically bombarding us each day, each second if we allow it, then that time is definitely now. Whatever coping skills that we have, we truly have to apply it now. But perhaps the best one is to turn off the TV, turn off or turn a blind eye to certain Facebook and social media posts that are a gateway to the, that energy. And the most ideal thing to do is truly mind our own business right now. Because if we mind our own business and we try to embody the Sagittarian specific energy, which is optimistic, which is expansive, which is faith-based, and also quite subjective. So with Sagittarius, there isn't just one single truth. The truth has a different million expressions, almost like looking at anything through a kaleidoscope. We can see so many sides, so many shapes, so many colors, and all of that can be true at the same time. And for Sagittarius, that's not necessarily a contradiction. And that is exactly how we use this Neptune to our greatest advantage, because Neptune can also be the positive illusion. Neptune can be deeply artistic. It can be deeply creative on a spiritual level. It is connection to the source. It is empathy, compassion, the Christ-like consciousness. So that is really, really good. And especially when it's so strong and active, it can simply purify us and we can find ourselves being deluged by the waters, the floods of life, which is a really, really great thing. So now let's begin the horoscope. The first and most powerful aspect that we begin the week with is the conjunction of Mercury and the Sun. Now this isn't a rare astrological conversation. We have this energy several times a year. And there are different expressions to this energy. The more mundane one is a tendency to brainstorm because the Sun combusts. 
and it kind of combusts our mind, so it urges us to think even deeper, to philosophize, to dream big, to infuse our thoughts with a certain kind of Jupiterian-like optimism. It kind of forces us to believe, to apply faith even onto certain areas or certain things which might not usually be susceptible to it. And this makes Mercury kind of uncomfortable, especially that the sign of Sagittarius is Mercury's detriment because it's the opposite sign of Gemini, the sign which it rules, and it's also Mercury's daytime expression. But this isn't necessarily a bad thing because Mercury, by its essence, is not very dreamy. It is rational, it is logical, it likes empirical knowledge. Sagittarius is not necessarily subject to that, but Gemini sure is, so basically it opposes its ruling sign. And Gemini kind of needs some kind of proof for anything that is susceptible to belief. But because the Sun is mixed in this energy, and together, as Mercury and the Sun are conjunct, they hold a sextile with Saturn in the fellow air sign of Aquarius, a very strong mental sign. This kind of equals believing and philosophizing about it, equals seeing it, experiencing it, finding a way to make it happen. So this is a really, really good solution-oriented energy where whatever it is that we might be philosophizing about, dreaming big about, wanting to believe, wanting to experience, this Saturn can show us the way. And the way is simple, the expression of Aquarius. Either with strong intelligence, mental tactics, either with strong ingenuity, or it can also be with more minds are better than one, so other people, friends, connections, etc. At this time, Mars is in its home sign of Scorpio, so it is extremely strong, extremely potent, and Mars in the sign of Scorpio is the treasure seeker's energy, so it also favors finding a way to achieve or get that which we desire, that which we want, and of course also that which we need. So this energy basically favors us to get connected to that person or that situation, an opportunity, which can allow us to get where we need to be. Sagittarius is also a very strong international energy, it is multicultural, it is outside the borders. So for anything related to international business, contracts, international connections, long distance travels, uh, having friends in different countries, different cultures, that can be a part of the solution. Saturn and Aquarius the internet can be a very good tool for this, but it can also play out as our reputation, our notoriety, reaching the right ears, for example, or a friend of a friend, friend of a friend of a friend, relatives. 
someone from the local community. All of these elements can make the connection where we one way or another, even maybe indirectly, we get exactly where we need to be to get what we want, to achieve what we want. This energy is also really favorable for anyone who wants to re-specialize, study something new, perfect or upgrade their existing studies, or do something different with their existing qualifications. This energy is really good for exams of any kind, where you have to prove your knowledge, you have to prove your professional worth, especially if you actually worked for it, studied and invested time and effort into learning. Also at this time, Venus sextiles Mars. And this aspect is also really good to attract certain people in your life in a very practical way, of course, those who may open up a new path for you, those who may show you something like apprenticeship, mentors. This is also good for business, getting new clients, project-based work, getting new opportunities to prove your professional worth, your notoriety, to live up to your name, so to speak. This is also a good aspect to manage like debt, manage finances, get connected to the best possible professional, get good advice. Now, of course, just the Venus and Mars sextile is also good for romantic energies, romantic attractions, investing into yourself, investing into your well-being, investing into your own comfort, fulfilling your basic needs. And perhaps the word need here is the key word, even in a romantic sense, because Venus is in the earth sign of Capricorn. So she is not as emotionally active. She is much more practical. She is much more material. She is much more down-to-earth oriented, grounded, so to speak, and she seeks security. And this adds a strong element of realism to it. So if someone, even if they're, let's say, attractive, cannot give you what you need, chances are you will feel it, know it immediately, and vice versa, when someone is actually capable of doing that and has that potential, you also identify it, and that's how the best possible connections can take place. Now, from a more spiritual and philosophical perspective, this is a very, very strong alchemical energy where, of course, we kind of manifest because all of this cocktail of sextiles and trines and the Sun and Mercury a conjunction speaks about manifestation, but it is actually Saturn and Mars and Scorpio which make that manifestation very, very diligent, responsible, done with wisdom, done with profound self-knowledge, knowing ourselves, knowing the essence of our desires, knowing the difference between need and want. And, you know, from an astrological perspective, this is how the energy of Scorpio moves on into Sagittarius, 
where Sagittarius is wisdom, Sagittarius is pure knowledge, and it is that knowledge which makes everything serve the greater good. Now also at the same time, Venus holds a sextile with Neptune, and Mars holds a trine with Neptune, and to remember, Neptune is very, very strong. It is standing still in the sky. So this is a fantastic energy for artists. This is highly inspirational. This is where everywhere we look, we see a kind of beauty, a mystery. We're fascinated by the depth of all. This is where dreams are very, very active, very symbolic, very, very vivid. This is where spirituality, our spiritual practices, our connection to source, communication with source, Mercury conjunct the sun, can actually do a lot of good in our lives. It can also make us feel safe because when we know that the source is not just within us but around us and we see it so very, very active, perhaps through synchronicities, signs, symbols, dreams, karmic manifestations of any kind, that kind of gives us a sense of security that it's so alive, not just in the inside, but also on the outside, that we can actually trust it with our safety, with our protection, especially a psychological protection, to give us strength, give us hope, give us faith, to show us what is wrong, to show us what is right. And at the same time, this is where our creator knows us more than we know ourselves. And that is perhaps the anchor where we can truly anchor ourselves into trust. Because on the outside, on a 3D level, it's going to be very scary and uncertain and confusing, etc., so this is actually a powerful saving grace. And as I said, we will feel it very, very active, very vivid. Even the strangeness of it all, the weirdness, the mind-blowing expressions, well, those are also ultimately guiding us to feel that much safer because it just proves to us that the mystery is unfathomable, so... The universe knows what it's doing, even if it's weird and unusual to us. And we also have quincunxes in the sky, where, for example, Uranus holds an almost exact quincunx with the solar eclipse. That is a lot of synchronicity. That is a lot of information heading our way. That is also a really strong prophetic energy where we can just sense anticipate the future. Even if it doesn't make sense there and then, or even that which we anticipate, that which we feel, that which we are perceiving in a very premonitory way, would be impossible to happen in the now. But when it actually happens, well, that is just proof to the Gemini expression that anything is truly possible and we can trust these moments of strong premonition. Also, Mars trine Neptune, that is a really potent healing energy, psychological healing, 
reconnecting to certain very relevant people from the past, people who we had karmic contracts or relationships with. It is also a very strong energy of nostalgia, where it is not just the wounds and the traumas and the unpleasantries that are kind of being reenacted, but also the most beautiful moments. And when it is the beautiful, joyful, happy moments that are reenacted, well, those have a profoundly healing effect on us. Or let's just say someone from the distant past apologizes now for something that they may have done in the past in a very unexpected manner that is also very healing, that is also very transformational. These aspects also represent a certain kind of psychological fortitude and if we invest that strength into healing, the desire to heal, the desire to regenerate, the honest desire to release the past and let this Neptune just dissolve it all, we can actually find ourselves feeling better and better, lighter and lighter each minute as each hour passes, as long as we wish this and desire this from the purity of our hearts. But of course, this psychological fortitude can be invested into anything that we want to achieve, that we want to experience, that we want to have. Even if it cannot take place straight away, it can turn into very strong divine guidance showing us the way very directly. And this is where we can actually trust our instincts, our intuition, our dreams, our spirit guides, everything spiritual in nature. Because if we are benevolent, they are benevolent. And by benevolence, I mean, well, we can use this obsessively. We can use this my way or the highway. So those are not really benevolent expressions of this energy. So we trick ourselves really. But if we truly trust and if we truly wish what is best for us and anyone else, that is when we tap into the true benevolence of this energy. Now before I move on to the eclipse, I just want to add something to this. At the very end of the week, Jupiter is going to start holding a square to Mars. And this is a little bit tricky because Jupiter usually gives great access. So basically what this means is we must make sure that certain desires, certain wants, even needs don't become an obsession. We must also make sure that we don't project way too much of our energy onto other people, even if it's something totally positive, compassionate, empathic, sometimes even affection can be a little bit suffocating. We must also be very, very careful not to allow this Jupiterian expression in the sign of Aquarius, so it's a very strong mental energy, to amp up divine guidance into a big delusion. So we also, also need to basically embody the border, the limit, that where the, the, even the divine guidance, even the spiritual, may not cross because it's not healthy.
we must also be very careful with any substances, anything that has to do with escapism, addictions, and anything of this nature. Because Jupiter is excess, we can overdo it. And at this time, it can be actually lethal. Because, you know, death, so to speak, is another type of transformation. Transformation has so much to do with Scorpio. So we must know the limit. We must know where the border between healthy and unhealthy is. Not easy under this Neptune. But as I said, we also have a very active and strong Saturn. So we must work with it. Yet another expression of this energy is temptation. And when we fall victim to our own urges and desires especially of sexual and sensual nature. And this is where, for example, we might misinterpret someone's actions, someone's words, someone's behavior as love when truly it's just lust. So we must not allow this energy to trick us into projecting our own idealism onto the situation. As I said, Venus in the sign of Capricorn is very, very practical, very earthly, very grounded. So if anyone deceives us, it's us really. It's the self. It's our desires. So we won't be even able to say that, well, it was the person acting in a misinterpretable manner when it's actually us who want to see it that way. And also Venus is in shadow, she's preparing for her retrograde. And the shadow expression of Venus, one of them is exactly this. Loving something which is only real to us. And because she's in the sign of Capricorn, no Capricorn is very practical, action-oriented. So we might be taking certain risks, we might be making certain very unfounded decisions... For example, uh, the first example that jumps to my mind, leaving a long-term relationship because you think you're in love with someone when it's really just hormones. And of course, when you realize this, it's going to turn into regret. And this is where the major theme of this Venus retrograde might immediately set in your life. But this is perfectly true, especially regarding a job, a career, something practical like finances, investment, work relationship within a business, contracts, etc. So this is where don't make any very hasty decision based on your feelings. Venus isn't retrograde yet, but she's in shadow. So feelings are already starting to question themselves, so to speak. Do I love it really? Do I love something else more, what do I really love, what do I really want to have, what do I really want to accomplish, achieve, and especially materially, uh, career-wise, work-wise, even hobby-wise, life path-wise. So let's just allow the big question marks to actually set in, let us contemplate, let us work with them, let us allow us to feel that which we feel also let us allow to rationalize it if we can and only make 
big decisions like breaking a big commitment or committing to something long-term and very significant after this Venus retrograde ends. So basically next year, the beginning of next year. But this energy can play out in a totally different way because we must not forget that Uranus is very active in Venus's home sign of Taurus. So that can mean certain events which are a big breakthrough. They happen in a fated way, let's say, or coincidentally. But they push us out of our comfort zones and we do, do not see straight away the potential and the blessing in them. So, of course, we feel either scared, disappointed. We cannot basically process what happened to us. And we make ourselves totally blind to the big opportunity that was just handed down to us. So, this is where Venus in the sign of Capricorn, especially retrograde, can also mean we must learn to love something, someone, a situation. We must process it first and try to see it for what it truly is, the potential, the long-term potential, and then see how we feel. That which is today totally outside of our comfort zones, as soon as we get used to it, might not be as a big deal. We might actually learn to love it even more and appreciate it even more than the comfort zone that we were pushed out from. But of course, all of this is the theme of the Venus retrograde horoscope that will be coming later on. So after this is being said, let's move on to the star of next week's show, the total solar eclipse in the sign of Sagittarius, taking place either on the 3rd or 4th of December, depending on where you are on the planet. Now, I've already spoken about this energy, this celestial conversation in a horoscope specially dedicated for this. You can find the link to that in the description below. So I'll just say a couple of main thoughts, main ideas about this. Well, first of all, it's a south node eclipse. So it has something to do with the past. Past experiences, past beliefs past worldviews, past personal paradigms, so to speak, and it acts as a reset, so it will definitely require us to release some ideologies, as I said, some worldviews, some principles, something that we had faith in in the past. Of course, it can be just pure faith for some people, and because it's a new moon, something new will take its place. But this new is also built around that past because we release some parts of it. But we actually keep that which still serves us. The experience, the wisdom, the knowledge. And perhaps the reason why we need to release it. The reason for us personally. Of course, this release can be, for example, totally positive. Let me just give you a very practical situation. Let's say there's a teacher, and I use using teacher because it has a lot to do with Sagittarius energy. 
and they're very very good at what they do they have a lot of experience and all of a sudden they're presented with a opening a position that they should become the new principal of the school so that is very positive but the teacher will not be the same because they will kind of have to give up on certain activities certain roles that they performed up until that moment and then embrace something new something higher something more sagittarian or maybe capricornian even but it is capricorn which follows sagittarius so that means the stage of manifestation their knowledge and experience put to good use very very practically now of course the more heavier let's say expression of this energy when there is a misaligned belief when there is a fanatical belief or when there is a certain kind of knowledge which is heavily blocking you and this might be the moment when you're confronted with the fact that it's simply no longer working it's no longer relevant in your life in order to free yourself from its grip the south node you have to just let it go and embrace something new even if you might not have anything new at the time of the eclipse because it can take six months for it to manifest but it is a very karmic energy so basically you will feel the direction in which you're pushed towards yet another very heavy expression of this eclipse the south node can also represent that which you know master whatever in great excess and excess you know is never really a positive expression of any energy but excess can be used as a fuel but that means the activity has to be much higher level so it can use all of that which we have in excess but maybe we are not prepared for it or we don't know that we are prepared or we simply refuse. And let me give you just another example. Let's say that someone is a truly brilliant artist and they create and they express their art in a masterful, beautiful, unique way, but they refuse to sell it, let's say. They refuse to become a merchant of art if that makes sense they refuse offers they refuse contract they are hell-bent to keep it on a hobby level and usually eclipses bring big crises in life and maybe the artist loses a job and will have no other choice but to sell its paintings and by selling the paintings an art collector of great notoriety will just elevate them perhaps in an instant to like international levels and you might say well isn't this like a miracle well actually it isn't because if it's against the person the artist's will let's say even if it's a misbelief even if it's a psychological blockage even if it's sheer stubbornness they won't feel it as something positive, they will feel it as perhaps the cruelty of fate. It might even not have a really good ending to it, but this is the karmic nature of the eclipses, that is the south node. If you don't want to give up the excess, if you don't want to alchemize it, 
if you truly don't wanna do anything with it, you kind of block the flow totally and it, you know, when toxin or anything it isn't released, isn't in the flow, it will build up and build up and simply crush you under the gravity. That's why usually eclipses of any kind are life-changing energies. And that is also why the best astrological or any kind of advice at an eclipse is let's just cooperate this time with the universe. Let's follow its lead and see where it guides us to. The worst possible thing to do is be stubborn. Because, you know, especially with lunar eclipses, some of them are absolutely catastrophic, horrible, life-changing in a very bad way. Like, you lose someone dear, or you lose all your money, you lose your house, you lose who knows what. And that can really send someone into a very deep depression, if not worse. But this is where we also have to collaborate with that expression, because we have to ask ourselves why we deserved this, because if we wouldn't have deserved it, an eclipse wouldn't have delivered that to us on a silver plate. So cooperation and, you know, trying to figure stuff out, why it happened, what's the deeper meaning to it is always a good idea. And if we minimize any damages that eclipses can bring in our lives, well, that is the right attitude. And of course, if you're not able to do it yourself because a crisis is not a very pleasant thing. There's counselors, there are clerics, there are best friends, there are family relatives. So there is always someone who can basically listen to you. And you know, the universe speaks through other people. So maybe they will say something that will make you the cogs turn in your mind. But I do believe that with this solar eclipse, it's not the case because it's Sagittarius after all. So it's the home of Jupiter. Jupiter is truth. Jupiter is justice. Jupiter is optimism. Jupiter is the highest philosophical knowledge. It may be shocking for a lot of people what might happen around this time. Because it does hold a quincunx with Uranus. So that means chaos, shock, surprise, unexpected. Or maybe a huge epiphany, a big truth coming out. But this is where the big truth is much more something personal. Something coming from you. Not necessarily what we had in the Taurus eclipse. You realize something about yourself. Or you come to a conclusion that is deeply personal and, of course, deeply subjective, but that is exactly how it should be. Like, let me just give you an example. There are many people out there, especially those who embody strong Gemini energies, who always have this problem that they don't know where they want to live. They're always looking for the perfect location. And then something clicks, a place, a community, a country, a house even appeals to you. You feel it very strongly and you go there and start have a new beginning.
Sagittarius is really, really good for anything that has to do with relocation, traveling. And you know, the best possible expression of new adventures in life. Sagittarius is very, very adventurous. And of course, that adventure can represent whichever house this eclipse falls in your personal chart, whichever area of your life. The second house, something to do with value, money, or self-worth. Sixth house, a new daily routine that is highly transformative of your everyday experience. Let's say the ninth house, a new source of knowledge, a new life philosophy, new faith, new religion, new spiritual methodology. Tenth house, new career, ascendant. Maybe you become a public figure, a VIP of some kind, notorious. This eclipse is conjunct on one hand with the great attractor and on the other hand with Mercury. So it can have to do with some kind of very important communication, news, connection, synchronicity, where you get connected to someone or something. Something is being revealed to you. Or let's say you ask the universe something and it answers back but in such a direct way that it might even shock you and that will lead to something or somewhere or I don't even know, fifth house new love, you fall in love with someone in a totally unexpected way, quinquunx to Uranus or new hobby, new passion, who knows maybe with a foreigner, someone from a different country someone from a different culture someone who's a tourist or traveling to your place where you live or vice versa or maybe let's say an unexpected romantic declaration which changes everything now from a collective perspective well this is really important because on one hand Sagittarius has to do with cosmology space space travel technology so we're, and Uranus is the planet of technology itself and science and research, but on an ultra high level, the futuristic level. So I'm pretty sure around the eclipse or in the next six months, something big, big and life changing will happen in this sense. Maybe some discovery, maybe they even discover planet, what planet nine is. Or they develop some kind of new technology which was experimental until that moment, South Node. So it already kind of exists, maybe just in theory, and they practically accomplish it. Sagittarius has a lot to do with the law legislation, maybe a change in constitution. This eclipse, if I'm not mistaken, falls on the United States ascendant, so maybe the declaration of independence, you know, like a massively significant impactful legal change that will echo all around the world. It can also be like the uprise of some new spiritual, philosophical, religious currents, especially that Neptune is so very, very active at this time. 
And unfortunately, with the South Node, it can also represent some very shocking events where what reflect what is being reflected back to us is that history repeats itself. For example, some religious fanaticism, something done in the name of religion, wars, conflicts, bombings, who knows, in the name of religion. But regardless of how that plays out, that's the South Node, something new is going to be born out of that. Like an example that comes to my mind is how 9-11 changed security checks and stuff like that at airports. And that was also very significant because air travel is so very Sagittarius. And at that time we had a Uranus and Saturn opposition, if I'm not mistaken. So that was like literally the most rudimentary expression of the energies playing out directly as in, you know, Uranus in Sagittarius, chaos, extreme, plain Sagittarius air travel, and then Saturn in Gemini, ta Gemini towers, Saturn buildings. So something will determine a big change in legislation, but let's just hope it's nothing bad. It's nothing that very violent and shocking. Of course, last but not least, from just a spiritual and energetic perspective, well, that will feel like a massive energy shift. Schumann resonance spike, maybe some earthquakes somewhere, extreme weather events, maybe solar flares even. We will definitely feel like being in the twilight zone. Signs, dreams, synchronicities, unusual events. And of course, divine download. We are definitely gonna be almost like overwhelmed with information that just pops up in our mental sphere and we don't even know where it came from. That's the great attractor strongly at work. And especially if you have any planets, any significant placements around this 12 degree, 14 degree, even 16 degree of the sign of Sagittarius, you're going to be feeling this so, so, so intensely. But at the end of the day, as strong and as significant as this celestial conversation is, this is just another step because the storm is ongoing. It's not going to dissipate anytime soon. We are yet to see the cherry on top, so to speak, especially around Christmas with the perfecting of the Saturn Uranus square. Then we have the Venus retrograde in Capricorn and Venus meeting Pluto in the sky three times during her retrograde so it's not just the external and the world stage expression of this energy that is going to be chaotic so are going to be our feelings what's worth it what is not worth it why am i sacrificing myself for what am i sacrificing myself for who am i sacrificing myself for what is commitment to me what is stability to me? What is grounding to me? What does it actually mean to have a safe and a grounded material existence? 
who has power over me and who do I have power over. So this is gonna be a very, very delicate Venus retrograde period. And that will mean a powerful inner storm of emotions and feelings. So this concludes the horoscope. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for everyone beautiful and kind comments and support and love. I wish everyone a truly magical week and hang in there because your perceptions truly determine your reality. And perhaps this is the larger lesson of this Sagittarius season. Thank you once again. Until next time. Bye for now.